0: So, uh, I'd like to welcome to the show today, Max McCabe. How are you doing, mate?
1: I'm doing good, thank you very much. I've been really looking forward to speaking to you, Frank, and it's good to see you. It's good to finally get
0: to meet you yeah good to see you as well my friend and yeah. um yeah what what kind of got me interested in in hearing about your story is i saw a few tweets that you put out and there were some striking similarities to um nick gadman who i've also been speaking to i think i mentioned to you in a in a dm as well Um mm-hmm. so that was kind of made me really excited to hear more about your your story so i think we're probably better off um start from the beginning and um yeah, when was the the sort of the time when when some strange things started to happen in your life?
1: Mm. Well, um, well, there had been strange things uh, back as far as twenty ten. Uh, first time I had something really strange, um, which was poltergeist related, but that's something um, I I never really linked it to everything that happened later, and I've never spoken about it in correlated to what happened in twenty fourteen. But there was, in fact, since you asked the question in that specific way, you know, I, I've got to say this, um, 2010, I I'd come back from living in France and Switzerland, and I moved into a three-story empty house in Peterborough, here, the same place I'm at now, still. And uh, I had an upstairs bedroom in this house, and I one day went to take a shower uh, in a wet room, So whoever was living there previously must have been in a wheelchair or something, I assume. And as I was sitting there for a good 10 minutes, uh, as I was sitting there for a good 10, 15 minutes maybe, contemplating things just in the zone uh, with the shower on, suddenly I hear a a tapping to my left, but not not a quick tapping, Um, quite forceful and loud. I look left and see the, the long, heavy wooden light pulley was actually raising... A good distance from the wall and smacking the wall, and then raising back out maybe two, two, three feet out and hitting the wall again. And it was so unusual and a little bit freaky that I just, (laughs) I said, you know, I said to myself, no, not happening, and just ignored it completely and it stopped. But from when I'd moved in, I noticed whenever I went up the staircase to my bedroom upstairs. Um, brought didn't matter what time of day this was, broad daylight, morning, whatever, when you get to the middle floor on the staircase where the lounge and there was a bedroom there too, as soon as you get to that middle floor, there was a real ominous feeling, almost tangible when you turned your back. Um, it felt as if someone was right behind you to the point where it'd make you double check, like look over your shoulder and think, why am I feeling that? It was very, very strange. Um, and so one night that would happen all the way, all the time, by the way, every single day um, to the point where I'd grown man and I'd leave the staircase lights on. But I, I, again, for the most part, I just ignored it and just brushed it off. Just denied it. No, it's just me. Some unusual, but don't know what it is. So one night, um, I'm fast asleep in bed and the door to the bedroom gets what sounded like a uh, kicked open full pelt, full force, made me sit up, jump up in bed, heart pounding because of the sudden awake awakening, um, and I just expected somebody to run, jump in on me or something. Um, this door flew open with such force that it hit the backside of the, you know, swung right around and hit the wall on the other side. So I jumped out of bed and immediately started screaming and shouting to F off. I was not happy um, because at that very moment, I knew <laughs> this is not normal, man. And I, I looked out the door. Uh, there was no wind outside, no windows open, no doors open. Nobody in the house. I, absolute silence. I slammed the door, put a uh, chest of drawers in front of it, something to block it. Stepped back, really freaked out at that point, And I mean, really freaked out. Um, looked down and I swear I could see like some movement, shadowy movement under the, the crack in the bottom of the door. Um, and I was really, really concerned at that point. Um, but I ended up going to sleep eventually freaked out. Um, and I never did find out I'd, I'd love to go back to that house and ask the new people that live there, are you having any like situations in this house? But you know, uh, what would uh, one day I might do that? I mean, why not? <laughs> but that was weird. So that was 2010. That, mm. that was the strangest thing ever. And uh, when did you move out of that house then? I was only there until 2011, about maybe one year, 12, 13 months.
0: Aye, Um, yeah. Probably not somewhere that you'd want to stick around for too long. eh? <laughs> no,
1: no. There's something, it was very strange. And one time I had my little kids come to see me. Um, they, how old were they? They must've been about five and eight, something like that at the time. And obviously my little kids, I hadn't said a word. I don't think I'd told really anybody. Uh, I may have told my twin brother, but as, as they had come into the house and I said, right, let's go upstairs to my room. And as they, as we get to the middle flight of stairs, my, my little girl, my little boy, they suddenly freak out just as we turn our back, they both start to fight to get in front of me. Like literally looking back, looking back freaked out. And I was like, that was the penny drop moment. It's not just me. And uh, Mm -hmm. this is something that happened later on as well, a couple of times. So that you know whether there's any correlation, I don't know, but um, there was something something going on there. So <laughs> fast forward, um, since then we moved into another flat. Me and my girlfriend we've been together almost twelve years in a couple of weeks. And um, fast forward, we went and lived in an apartment somewhere else in the center of town. No, no issues, nothing weird. Um, and then we moved into this place, this house, that we're still in now, in uh, October 2013. And so it was one year later, late September, early October, and I wish I had the date nailed down. I don't, just, I don't. Um, so my daughter, who was 17, my oldest daughter, was living with us. She, I was in bed, and she was at the front door with our neighbor's daughter because she, they were friends. Um, I was asleep and they had seen, she told me the next day that they had seen these balls of light. Um, I can't remember how many, definitely three or more that had been, because she said they'd made triangular formation patterns low in the sky, not high up in the atmosphere. Um, and she said that they had shot off the, um, and disappeared, but it was very bizarre. She told me the next day, and I, I thought, wow, interesting. But I was never into any of this stuff at all. I've always had an open mind, but I, I just thought, cool. i I'm intrigued, really intrigued by that. Um, and then it was that, that night where I'd stayed up late. I was working on a website at the time for someone, um, and it was about four o'clock in the morning. And I was absolutely exhausted, and so i had gone out to the back of the house to have a smoke, I'm A dirty smoker, <laughs> <laughs> um, just, be- just before going to bed. You know, I was, I was like, right, I'm done, I'm going to go to bed. I go out the back, I sit down, and I'm realizing how, you know, you have those nights where there's not a cloud in the sky; it's just the most beautiful starry night, crystal clear mm-hmm. stars, and I was just admiring how beautiful the stars were. I remember it was freezing cold. Um, And just as I'm looking up, thinking about how beautiful the stars are, there was a double flash of white light, pure white light, and immediately I assume it's lightning. But then I'm thinking, well, there's there's no humidity, there's no clouds. And just as I was thinking that, there was another double flash of white light. And from where I'm sitting, with trees to my right, and my house to my left, my back door to my left, fence behind me, um, I look straight up because I am I to look around and see two balls of white light, self-luminous balls of white light um, not high up uh, it's difficult to tell under those circumstances the size of these spheres and height, but I would guesstimate about 100 feet maybe roughly and they're side by side travelling from behind me straight over me to my forward position double flash pure brilliant white light again just like a a boom boom very quick succession and then they make a 90 degree left turn right angle turn to the left and shot off from quite a slow speed just gliding along to just incredibly fast literally like a speed of a bullet from a gun it's the only way to put it really but interesting interestingly they left um, an effect. The effect was almost like a trace line, like a ghosting effect, like a, not really a trail, kind of really strange. So, obviously, I thought, What the F is that? <laughs> Must be what she had seen. You know, I ran through the house, only takes a couple of seconds out the front door, hoping to see more. Um, there, there's nothing there so i hung around for uh maybe another five minutes at most hoping to see something else leaning up against my car out there and i i know i checked the time on my phone and it was about 10 or 11 minutes past four um, because i was going to say to my daughter i saw them and it was like 10 past four this morning it must must have been what you guys had seen the night before so um after a couple of minutes few minutes i decide I'm done, tired. That was cool. I'm going to go to bed now. So I come in, close the door, turn around to go upstairs. And frankly, it was just this, again, no matter how many times I try to put this into words, there is no good way to do this um, because it's just too weird. Uh, as I just put my step foot, foot on the step to go upstairs to bed, that was my ent- entire intention was I'm going upstairs to bed. But I was struck with um, something very powerful and unique feeling physically in my head that I've never felt before, um, which I can only really describe as a telepathic instruction. And I know how crazy that sounds. And I, I know that sounds nuts. But trying to verbalize or describe this is just not easy, man. I can tell you that it wasn't in words. It was powerful enough and overwhelming enough to it stopped me in my tracks. And I was in shock because it was so perfect in the way that it happened. Uh, It was instantaneous, very clear. And uh, it was my mind that translated it into don't close the door, go outside and look up. But it wasn't in words. I didn't hear a voice. And so I just immediately did as as the instruction said to do um i don't feel like i was under a trance i was just again surprised shocked and intrigued enough to what what the hell i turned around and unlocked the door and stepped outside and looked up but it was at this all of this now happened at once frank um from the moment i stepped outside and looked up this beautiful object moved out from over the roof of the house, as if it was directly sitting over the house when it had done, given me the instruction, whatever it is. <coughs> Excuse me. The moment I stepped foot outside the front door, I felt like I was completely engulfed in static electricity. That's how it felt. But beyond that, because I had waves of tingles coming up from my spine over my scalp, Um, I looked down at my left arm, forearm like automatically because of how instantly all the hair on my body stood on end realized I had my coat on so like duh I thought to myself (laughs) you're not going to see through your (laughs) coat but it, it felt kind of nice but it was very overwhelming like it's given again again I'm getting tingles on the back of my head just thinking about it um anyway so I get this incredible overwhelming sense of static electricity all the hair stood on end it everything is ultra silent as if, and literally I actually think this could be time standing still, but not quite still enough to be completely stopped because I I don't know that's speculation, but everything was utterly, utterly dead still. Like it just didn't seem right because I'm facing all of our neighbors houses in the direction, uh, looking at all the houses next to us, not far. Um, there was, um, a sense of overwhelming joy and love which this all happened again within a few seconds of stepping out electricity the silence i noticed silence looking up at this thing is just shocked the shock and awe of it basically was stunning um jaw-dropping and at the same time when the feeling of love uh, took over it was almost like as you know as a father the only time I felt that kind of love before was at the birth of my children. It was like a joyous love that literally brought tears to my eyes. I wasn't crying, but you know when your eyes well up and you're like, wow, just wow. wow. Yeah. Um, but it, it didn't feel natural. This is the weird thing. Like, why would I feel that by myself? It may be shocking and beautiful and awesome to behold this thing, but it didn't feel like a natural response. It felt like it was um intentionally put upon me for whatever reason management of the situation to control who knows mm. whatever word you want to sign to that i've thought about this a trillion times over the years um but anyway so i'm looking up at this thing absolutely gobsmacked the silence i can hear myself breathe the heartbeat almost um the love the joy the static and I just waved because I I didn't know what else to do. But the other thing that was very tangible was this feeling like I was being observed. Very, very strong feeling as if, uh, whatever it was, um, was observing me as I'm looking at it. It was very, very weird,
0: man. Did you notice any kind of, um, any other sensory input, like a taste or a smell or anything like that, other than the tingling? It's
1: a good question, man. I, I, I don't remember that. I've been asked, I don't remember anything else like that, but I've been asked before whether I noticed the temperature uh, drop. But the thing is, it was really bloody cold anyway. Like it was really chilly, really cold, crisp. Um, So I I don't remember the temperature drop because it was so cold already. Maybe it could have dropped another couple of degrees. I I just don't know. Um, Taste wise, well, uh, chain smoker, yeah, like an ashtray <laughs> so, it's, a good, it's a good point yeah <laughs> um what there was a bunch of things that surprised me about this thing because it was the size i know it's again it's difficult to guesstimate but i can tell it's massive of like massive as in easily the size of a you can picture a cement truck now i've never measured a cement truck but i've looked at one and thought that's about the right size and dimensions right um you know, a, a big one, not one of the smaller ones. Um, and maybe 30, 35, who knows, are they 40 foot long? Probably not that big, between 30 and 40, somewhere in that mm-hmm. range. But it initially, from what I was looking at, and I'd never been into the subject matter before, obviously I as must have had some input subconsciously or at some point in my life of flying saucers, of course, but everyone has. But my initial description to my girlfriend was it was like um, like a horizontal diamond but I say horizontal diamond for the reason of how it appeared it, it, it seemed like a solid object that was engulfed in plasma and the edging was moving like waves of plasma and it was so beautiful I can't say it enough, stunning um, but from emanating from the center it had these shards of light not sharp, thin, but kind of, again, everything, all the light was moving, like ghostly almost, but it was coming out from the, emanated from the center vertically, which was if, and I've, I speculate to myself, that if it had a domed top and a domed underneath of a disc, tilted enough to the side, so I'm seeing it from the side, even at that above me, it, um, These shards of light emanating from the center vertically were obscuring that. So in other words, ultimately what it looks like since then I've seen, and I would classify it as the spinning top shape. I mean, that's Mm. basically what it is, like a spinning top shape, Um, but it was golden towards the edging, more white in the center. It was as if you height wise, if you stack this house on top of itself. So a typical, as you know, a typical two story house with a roof, put one of those on top of itself, maybe five, six stories high tops, which I've measured this house to put an aerial up a few months ago. Um, and it's just under 10 meters high. So what is that? Three feet to a meter, something like that. So yeah, yeah, I think so, cause I never knew that at the time. I was just guessing blindly. Whereas I know the house is 10 meters high just under, so stack it on top of itself a little bit more. It's about between 60 to 80 feet. That's, I'm fairly certain of that, or pretty certain as I can be, because it came back two more nights, and I, we saw it at the same height that it was over me, um, in two different, both sides of the house here. So, so what happened, Frank, is I'm stood under it, I'm completely in awe and shock, wave at it, eyes swelling up, covered in electric, electrical charge, it felt like. Full of love, connectedness with whatever this thing is, and um, and that's when I it dawned on me. I don't maybe 30, 60 seconds, a minute had gone past of me just stood there feeling. I felt like there was an awkward silence, let's like say the least, <laughs> because there was silence. But I, I thought like, well, what now? What do, what do I what do I do? What do I say? What do I do? And I felt like it knew what I was thinking. Like it was a connection that was made from when it told me to go outside that it hadn't broken. So at this awkward moment, I start to realize, hold on a minute, like all of my logic comes into my head of this might, this might not be safe. What happens if I'm going to get static discharge? What happens if whatever this thing is, what happens if something happens to me and everyone's asleep? No, I look around all the neighbors in front of the house there, and I'm like, somebody's got to be awake. Maybe I should shout out but it felt really inappropriate to do that. And then I look at the front door to my right and I realize, yeah, I didn't close the front door. Maybe I've should i got to grab my girlfriend and my daughter. Maybe I should just lean in and shout because I didn't want to take my eyes off it. I didn't want it to go or miss the moment. So I I think, like, I can't shout or run in the house. I'll miss it. Uh, By the time I shake someone up and drag them down the stairs, it's bound to be gone. Um, It felt completely inappropriate to shout and scream for people and that's when i thought ah my phone i got my and it was an old nokia one of the really crappy ones from like i think it was from 2011 2012. do you, you remember when phones even if you had a it, back then if you took a video it was like what 200 pixels by 150 pixels
0: yeah i and, remember the ones
1: <laughs> you know what i mean and it, you could only send them by mms and it cost you like five quid a message or something, You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? so so I realized, though, my phone's in my pocket and I thought, I would get a video. I have to get a video or something because no one's going to believe this. I couldn't believe this. And it was just at that very moment that I thought this that it started to move left. And I felt like I'd messed up. I felt like... Um, I'd, and I, I. funny enough, Frank, I heard Nick say something to this effect as well when he described his. I felt like I had taken some a moment that was so incredibly special and that I just brought it down to the most shallowest moment of this behavior of just wanting to get a video or wanting to shout someone out, because I could have... It just felt like I'd really messed up something really special by being in that way. Uh, it's, It's difficult to describe that too, but I felt like I'd messed up. The moment I thought of the phone, the thing starts to move left. And I my reaction was, no, 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 no. I, I didn't want it to go. And I start walking under it. Now, even just the way it moved was like, uh, it was like a hockey puck on ice. It just beautiful, perfect movement, smooth, just wonderful to look at. And so I'm walking under it, but it immediately it, it starts to speed up a little bit, speed up a little bit. So I very quickly, within about, 30 meter distance down the path here at at the front of the house. I went from walking to a quick walk, to a jog, to a run, to a sprint, all within about 30 meters because I realized it's going faster than I can keep up. And it then curves sharply to the right, making almost, yeah, it's about a 90 degree turn again. So it curves to the, to the right. And it starts to rise up higher as it speeds up higher, faster. So I've realized that I've run into the, terraced houses in front of me and that there's nowhere to go back there because it's all weird layout of this area so i I decided right i'm just going to step back it's leaving it's not stopping it's going now so i stepped back to just keep my eyes on it and just watch this amazing looking thing just go up higher and higher faster and faster and i watched it all the way up into the atmosphere until it was so small and so just gone out of sight literally too high up to see.
0: um Was there any sound when it was moving, when it started to move off completely silent?
1: Ultra silence, man. Absolutely silent. Yeah. And I, I, you know, just that one night, I would do anything to just relive that experience because it was, if any, if the whole world could just have that experience, there would be no more questions from anyone. That's not some military black project drone that just came to... You know what are the spheres what is that how are they related um yeah i'm absolutely of the mind that i don't i'm not saying i don't know what it is but from my gut instinct from the way that all played out everything that happened that's not a drone it's not mm-hmm. some tr- prank from some ref base down the road and there are there is an ref base down the road Wittering. Mm-hmm. Um just got to say this because i forgot to mention before with with deb's the other night um uap uk uh, on twitter i think that's uk uap i've got to mess up his uh handle now i met with a guy called ash he's a policeman he's a great guy and he has really helped me to try to look into my own case recently over the last few months and what he discovered was that there was a man in Stamford, which is just down the road, who had seen a UFO over RAF Wittering, and it was in a newspaper article online. I've still got the link. I've saved. His name's Alan Hewitt, and he's currently 83 years old. Um, I did a bit of sleuthing, found out he owns a company that's dormant, looked at his address. I've got a letter here to send to him. Um, Literally, I've got to put a stamp on it, where I'm not going to ask him to get in touch, because he had seen that, that object over the base, um, four months. Well, the article was from February, 2015. So it was four months after us, but who knows, he could have seen it at the same time, but they just didn't publish that article until months later. Um, I didn't know that until just recently.
0: So, uh, yeah. And there's a lot more to it as well, but anyway. Um yeah just before you move yeah. on from that it turns out mm. I, I don't know if uh, Ash would have mentioned but um I know Ash actually quite well we we talk oh, um, cool. and that kind of thing and um in addition to that actual uh, the case that you mentioned there that was in in the newspaper mm. there's actually somebody who's come forward to me as well uh, someone who's heard right. the show and um he was basically uh, i careful what I say here because there's certain mm-hmm. things that he doesn't want to reveal, including his name and so on. But he uh-huh. basically, he was working at the time at RAF Wittering. Wow. And, and he, not at the time of that particular sighting that you've just mentioned, but mm-hmm. um, I believe it was 2009. I've not got the actual notes to hand. But whilst uh-huh. he was working there at RAF Wittering, mm-hmm. he witnessed a a glowing sort of pulsing orange and yellow orb ball type thing hovering mm. directly over the base of mm-hmm. Wittering. And he, he saw it there for quite some time. He actually went and, and got his his mum as well to come out and actually see this thing as well. And mm. uh, they, they, they witnessed it doing some strange movements, hovering over the base, moving back and forth, and then it just mm. shot off in an instant at an unbelievable speed. Yeah. And I don't think I've actually mentioned that at all so far on the show. So that'll be mm-hmm. the first time that I've talked about it. But it's it's a, it's a very interesting area that there, um around yeah. Peterborough. And it seems yeah. to be that there's a there's a bit of a hotspot for, for these strange phenomena.
1: Yeah, and that that this is the thing, Frank. It's um I didn't it's been such a revelation <laughs> because it I spent years I didn't approach anyone about it. I didn't you know it got to the point where Everything else that happened was dragged out over a couple of years, about three, three and a half years. And I didn't know what the hell was going on because, you know, it's only just recently, what was it? The tail end of last year, 2021, when, um, what was it? The book came out, George Knapp and a couple of people, where they talked about all these correlations with strangeness and Skinwalker Ranch type stuff. Well, Mm. I didn't, man, I didn't know any of that stuff when all of this was happening to us. So I, I was completely in denial mode and um, confused as hell. I just didn't know what that, I thought we'd all lost our minds because it started so beautifully, with, I mean beautifully, but felt like it was, uh, really messed me up, but in in a, have come to realize that in a nice, it's nice, I appreciate it now. At the time, what happened later, I certainly didn't because it became too much to handle. Uh, I guess ontological shock of it all I mean, I I was absolutely
0: in shock. So, when yeah, sorry, just let's let's hmm. just take it back a second. So, just to clarify, Hmm. was it two thousand and thirteen? This or two thousand
1: and fourteen? Two
0: thousand fourteen. Fourteen. Cool. And then did you did did you say that then it came back again for the next night or the next couple of nights as well? Was it the same object or
1: same same object? Yeah. And then later we had another object, a black uh, cylindrical cigar shape, whatever you want to call it um broad daylight and uh the spheres so yeah this is a thing lots of people in the area have seen this stuff um especially these balls of light right mm. uh, That somebody caught it as well i don't know if you know frank but at the end of this so we okay so i don't want to jump around too much here because i've got too much to say so try, try to be focused right so peterborough especially where we are is an interesting Location, because behind our home, there is nothing but fields going all the way out, farmland going all the way out. Pretty much, couple of medieval, very old little villages, tiny, maybe five to ten ha- houses, but it's all farmland and privately owned by families that have been there since the medieval times, hundreds and hundreds of years, going back to the Doomsday Book, in fact. And um, the cathedral at Peterborough is dates back thirteen hundred years, and it's incredible one thousand three hundred years. So there is a lot of history to Peterborough, but it's a very boring place to be in modern times. There's not much work opportunity. It's pretty boring. There are some nice parts. But geographically speaking, behind our home, we're on the outskirts, right? And then you've got REF Wittering. And the interesting part is there's a company called uh, Eugian. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. A G N Eugian PLC. Now that company started to created a low level radiation dump site and that's just 15 minutes from the house um so whether that has any relation to what's going on as well i don't know but as far as i'm aware that's only been there since 20 11 13 around the time that this happened not too mm. far before so there's there's ref bases lots of them in fact we're pretty surrounded by them um and there's a low-level radiation dump site. They're both just 15 minutes' drive from our house. Uh, so uh, so that same object um, came back for two more nights. After it had left, I've got to say I came in, and I was just completely in shock. I couldn't speak. I waited for my girlfriend to wake up. She had to be at work at 6 a.m. up at 5 and so i knew it should be up soon so i i stayed awake pacing i t- i stood there and i couldn't speak i tried i didn't know how to say what on earth had just happened i actually thought i'd lost my mind but yeah i knew it was real i knew it happened but it was too unbelievable i had a bit of a breakdown i mean literally ptsd or what um and so what i'd done is i'd asked her to get up with me Um, Get up with me or stay up with me or something because I hoped it would come back so she could see it, too I needed her to see it, too Um, Or someone so I knew I hadn't lost my mind and So she said that if I call her as you can hear me, babe, right? babe? She's in there. Sorry. I've never picked her. Yeah, um, I've never picked her up on this, but she promised me Didn't you? (laughs) She promised me that she would get up if I called her, if it came back. Yeah. And she didn't. No. She didn't get up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But so I'd, I'd stayed up all night and I'd paced from the back of the house, front of the house, hoping it would come back just so I can prove to her and to myself, you know. Um, and it did. Like it did. And I, I was at the front door this time and it was a little bit later, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes later. I know that because the sky had started to have that blue tinge. It was a little bit later, uh, a few minutes later. And it, it comes from, it appears uh, to my right, and it's gliding along just over the rooftops, above people's bedrooms, and I am just, it's back. So I, I'm, I had to make that decision, pull out my phone, and I got my eye on it, and I'm calling her to wake her up, and she answers the phone and I'm watching it just gliding beautifully along over the rooftops. And it turns like a 90 degree like this does the whole, ding, just effortlessly turns on a right angle at a right angle. Like um, an instant,
0: and, an instant turn sort of thing. Or a slow maneuver. Oh, an instantaneous, instant. like,
1: like right angle 90 degree turn, just like, boom. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Wow. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's going First of all, it's cut. if you're standing facing forwards, it appears from behind our location with my back to the front door. It appears to my right, moving from where the back of the house is. Again, remember, back there is the RF, which low-level radiation, countryside, nothing but countryside. So it appears from that direction, which is heading south, from north to south. And it does the right-angle turn, as I'm trying to call her. <laughs> So now it's traveling from my in front of me, from my right to my left, and I call her. She answers, and she's like, "Oh, babe, i like, babe, babe, you gotta come down. It's here, it's back, it's back." And She's like, "Seem <laughs> uh, tired." I couldn't believe it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I just i, I by this point is pretty much going off, and it did the same thing. Frank, it started to speed up and then curve up and go higher, and went off into like the southeast. East, east, southeast, kind of sky, up higher and higher and higher, um, and so I was just really chuffed to see it again, and I couldn't believe that it had come back. And I'm thinking, what does this all mean? Like, what is it? What does it mean? Does it mean it's going to come back again? This is—I felt like my whole world, my whole life had changed because it just felt like all of a sudden, magic's real. Anything's possible. It, it just felt so bizarre for that to occur out of your normal life and then suddenly you're faced with whatever this thing is it's just beyond belief so it's the third night right third night this time i'd arranged uh, with her please like i really need you. if you can get up like uh get up early don't try to stay up but get up early earlier than normal about the same time about 4 four thirty a.m I'd go to bed early wake up early so she did so um, again i'm pacing backwards and forwards back garden this time she was making coffee i remember her s- s- doing that it came down from the sky at quite a steep angle the same object at um i'm gonna guess it's maybe a hundred meters away rough guess and it comes straight down from the sky at a steep angle and just stops uh just it just stops so I'm quick, 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 it's here again. The moment you see it, the luminosity of it is just so unique that you instantly know it's not something normal. Um, it's so recognisable. And so she runs out and pick her up to look over the fence. and We both just like, wow, looking at it for maybe six, seven seconds, it just sat there, again, about the same height above the buildings, the houses down there. Um, and then it just so it came down and just stopped and then it just after a few seconds decided to just zip up but this time it moved from stationary to the speed it decided to travel at it, like without any speeding up it just went instantly it's just even just the way it moves is bizarre you can tell it's, it's so non-normal <laughs> um, and again we didn't get a video or anything we're just you're just so in the moment uh, just just with your eyes on it saying, wow, wow. And I thought honestly, well, if it's come back for <clears throat> two more nights, we'll get a chance to take video and whatever, you know, another night. But that was the last time I saw it, that, that particular object.
0: I suppose there's a, there's a fear of, of spoiling the moment again, like you said that you felt Definitely. you did on that first occasion as well. You just wanted the soaking it all in on the second and third times. Exactly.
1: Exactly. I definitely feel like I messed up that first occasion, but I messed up but then I also think obviously I'm thinking of all possibilities here. I've also thought, well, what would have happened if I didn't? Um what what would have happened? Who knows? I just don't know. Uh I, interestingly I forgot to mention um the whole the whole incident that first night being under it. Well okay, put it this way, I know it was ten or eleven minutes past four when I looked at my phone time when I went out after the balls of light shot over and leant up against the car uh, I was there for maybe maximum four or five minutes before I came in so now we're talking what quarter past four and it stopped me when my foot was on the first or second step of the stairs and I'd walk out from that point from from 10 or 11 minutes past four until it all happened uh, and I came in And looked at the clock on the wall here in the kitchen. From that moment, it was 20 to 5 when I came in. So 25 minutes, roughly 25, 30 minutes had gone. But here's the thing. Nothing lasted that long for me. Being It must have lasted from when I stepped out under it and it moved out over me. It felt like only two or three minutes. So there were no blank spots. Uh, That, to me, is interesting because there were no blank spots. So whether the time is messed up from being in you know, too close proximity to it, I don't know. And there's something else that I really want to point out, Frank, because this drives me nuts. Knowing since Gary Nolan, Kit Green's work on the MRI data, the brain injuries, um, and from uh, the radiation sickness possibilities, the sunburn, the eye problems, all of that stuff, right? What interests me is that as far as I can recollect, I don't remember having any sunburn. I certainly haven't had any ill health effects. And so I started to look into, well, how can this be? How can this be? And what I what I found, and I did tweet this a couple of months back, because it's really, really important to take note of. If if some of the materials that have been analysed by um, Gary Nolan are met the meta-materials, I think some hypothesis has been that they could be terahertz frequency wave guides. Now mm-hmm. if you look at what there are white papers, Frank online man, that have were published in 2017. Um I've got one, I'll have to find it and send it to you. Where research was done on terahertz frequency biological effects. And this was for the telecoms industry, right? It was publicly available for free these papers. And what they found was that terahertz frequency ranges depending on, the, of course, the frequency and the time duration of exposure to bio- biological material, sorry, it actually can have the opposite effect of damaging. It can actually increase the speed at which the, the cells will fix themselves. It can actually uh, fix things instead of damage things. So it depends, and therefore it would... It would actually um, add credence to, you know, just uh, just off the top of my head, um, Chris Bledsoe, for example. I've thought about, he had mentioned that he had uh, Crohn's disease, right? And that he was healed. There are other cases that i looked into since, of course, where i found people were f- healed and um, fixed. While being too close to a UFO, and then you've got the opposite effect where people are harmed and hurt. So, I'm trying to figure out why wasn't I hurt or killed because I was damn close to that thing. I mean, so I found that really interesting and worth noting that there are white papers that have been out for years that show that terahertz frequencies, depending on the frequency and duration, can actually have an opposite effect of damage and heal and hurt and
0: yeah definitely send that through if you, if you do remember to it'd be really interesting to have a look through it. How mm. close do you think you would have been at the closest point that you were yeah. to the to it at any point?
1: Yeah max the minimum sorry maximum minimum 60 I'd say 60 to 80 feet mm. because I'm basing that upon stacking it was like stacking my house on top of itself. So if you took a four story british house you know not like some big uh, commercial building but just a regular tiny little british house it was really damn close and and so that's what initially made me suddenly wake up into oh what this can't be good this can't be safe um with the level of what felt like static i honestly thought hold on electricity being too close i could get zapped by accident that's what i thought to myself and that's when i thought i need someone else what if i get hurt um who's going to know what happened no one's going to believe this that's when i started looking around thinking about shouting out um
0: but yeah yeah so so you've had the the three separate sightings of the the same craft here and then you say after that then you didn't you didn't notice anything else have you ever seen that same same craft or objects again afterwards or was was it just those three nights
1: yeah that particular one just those three nights But that was just the beginning. This is, Mm. this is just the beginning, Frank. Um, the next thing that happened was about five days later, a week later or so. Um, and all that happened was I was driving down the back of the, again, Breton way, um, driving down to go to a shop. and it was, I know it was gale force winds. It was a really, really strong, windy night and it was nighttime. And as I'm driving down two or three roundabouts down the road, I just happened to notice out of the left corner of my eye as I approach this roundabout, something out of place
0: <clears throat>
1: because it's just a car showroom there in industrial estate with very low one-story buildings, flat roofs. And I know that behind that immediately behind that building is a railway track with high-tension uh, uh, electricity pylon, <clears throat> but not the pylon itself. This thing was over the cables, the high-tension power lines. So I, I double took and thought, what's that? And there was a, there's this red ball of light sitting maybe a f- few feet over the power lines. So I'm thinking, what the hell is that? Um, and I go over the roundabout, and I know there was a place to pull in. So I pulled off the road, facing it. And I keep my eye on it, thinking, it, again, I'm just going through logically. It's not this. It's not that. that. Is is that a light on the pylon? No, the pylon's to the right like a good 20 meters, 30 meters to the right of the light, the cables. <clears throat> so I'm just staring at it thinking, checklist <laughs> of everything it isn't. And then I, I get out of the car, keeping my eyes on it the whole time, go around the bonnet and um, passenger side door. I had my coat on the po- uh, coat in there. So I've leaned in and grabbed my coat to get my phone out of my top breast, breast pocket. And it's literally at this moment as I managed to get it in my hand, and I'm still looking at the thing, and I go to get the camera on, and it just kind of collapses in on itself, like just gone. It didn't shoot off, it just disappeared in front of my eyes. So I was like, oh, okay, (laughs) that's weird. Um, um, Because of trying to guesstimate size of that ball of light, but it was like a blood red color. It wasn't Mm. like a post post box, bright red it was a a kind of very deep deep red color very self-luminous weird thing is that it didn't light up the area with red light but then again i couldn't see on the roof of the buildings um there any
0: pulse in or anything to that light or was it just a fairly steady kind of just dark deep dark red
1: yeah it was just a really steady really steady yeah, but I've seen one since that was almost um, flickering and unstable in the, in a different way, more orangey. I've seen mm. orange ones too. Three of them went over me much, much later, very close indeed. But um, mm. they were much more, you know, uh, they, they just seem like a light that's pulsing, shimmering, much more unstable. Uh, and at a distance, they actually looked like, you know, you assume Chinese lanterns because they are so flickery and different types of shards of light and so on, but as they got closer, they're just solid, self luminous, um, spheres, uh, anyway, jumping the gun there, and, um,
0: yeah, So good, man. So yeah, you say you were saying you seen the, the, the deep, dark red kind of like ball type of thing. Mm. So. Was was there some more similar sightings of the, the same kind of objects or did you start seeing mm-hmm. other other objects going forward from that?
1: Yeah. Well the next thing that happened was the the scary thing. I mean it was I say scary, it was felt like it was an intentional test of some kind. It just really, really, really turned the tables because the first couple of nights were really wonderful and because of the impression of love or the emotion of love that was that I felt that first night. I I didn't have any fear. I was just absolutely amazed and intrigued. But what happened next was not nice. Let's just put it that way. It was not nice. Um, Me and my girlfriend, we were out the back of the house sitting on two chairs next to each other. She's to my right. And it's maybe 11 or 12 midnight. We're about to go to bed. Um, This was a few weeks later, I guess. It's really hard to place the date on this one. Um, And we didn't know at the time, by the way, that my girlfriend was pregnant. We didn't know because she was told she couldn't have kids. Um, So it was a big surprise to us later when we found out. So um, we were sitting there uh, talking, having a conversation. Everything's fine. Then all of a sudden, a feeling of complete claustrophobia and silence falls and the hair on the back of my neck goes up. Um, Very, very spooky horrible feeling as she we both stopped talking because we were mid sentence just everything was fine and she looked at me and said wait what is that I don't like it <laughs> she's here now and um well <laughs> we're facing a back fence right which has these fence panels um had these fence panels with huge gaps in between them right um, so we're facing that back fence and the, the gaps in between the fence panels are almost as large as the fence panels themselves. So you can literally see right through to what's behind the fence. It's kind of um, useless for security. There's no privacy, but yet there's, there was just a small, small strip next to the road, a 40 mile an hour road called Breton Way. So you can see straight through it's a couple of trees and you can literally see the tarmac of the road behind those trees, right? So you can see if there's anyone standing there, even at night, because the road is lit, bit, bit, uh, very bright lights. So um, all of a sudden, that feeling drops, hair on the back of the neck goes up, and I was it was beyond any kind of fear I've ever had in my life, man. I've had some really close calls with accidents and car crashes, high speed and fights with, mom, you know, done everything, all sorts of crazy stuff. Nothing's ever made me frozen with fear like that, friend, nothing. Like it was... It was completely uh, unusual for me. I was frozen, absolutely frozen st- with fear. My girlfriend Hannah, by the way, decided to get up and run and in the house and slam the door and left me by myself because we f- because we we heard in front of us these very loud, heavy, heavy footsteps coming from both the left and the right side of the edge of the back of our garden fence towards us so they're coming in from one side and the other taking what sounded like bipedal and as you know there's nothing here that's large and predatory we've got foxes badgers rabbits the occasional deer you know there's nothing big like that here And these things sounded incredibly large whatever was walking was incredibly large and heavy and everything was ultra silent so it was a very freaky moment and as we're looking straight ahead of us we can see that there's you can hear that it's there but we can't see a thing like as those footsteps are getting closer, that's when she jumped up and ran in saying sorry babe i can't left me there by myself probably thought i was being brave but i was actually frozen solid with fear um and I got mad because I felt like literally I'm about to be jumped on by some dinosaur or something. It was in, it was just absolutely incredible how, again, how bizarre it is. There was nothing visibly there, Frank. It stopped right in front of me, or they, because there was definitely two things from the left and the right it stopped right in front of me. There's nothing there, and. I sat there, gritting my teeth, going, come on, ready for what was going to happen. Felt imminent. The danger was incredible, feeling of it. And just as quick as it had dropped on us, the feeling lifted and the background sounds came back and the claustrophobic feeling went away. And I sat there for a moment, gathering my composure, and then I just walked over to the fence line to look. Eventually, there's nothing there. We heard nothing walking away. It was just completely weird, really not nice and uh yeah so so that that was the first time it got really strange you know not a nice way um and since then we've said i don't know why we didn't look around look up but i was the hindsight's twenty twenty. if i could if, if i could do that again i would have walked over there immediately and or looked around and gone straight there whatever would happen would happen. At least I'd know more than I do now.
0: Um, and and in that situation, there was no, you didn't notice any balls of light or you didn't have that static feeling on, on on your skin or anything like that. It was, it was the similarity there was the fact that everything was seemed completely silent and and that Mm. kind of thing. Well,
1: that's the weird thing is I didn't notice the static in the air, but it was the first time I've ever had the hair on the back of my neck go up. Like, Mm. The, the way that you'd see a dog do when their scruff of their neck goes up when they're, yeah. you know, in that state. So when I was under the object that first night, it was just waves, waves of tingles up my spine, over my scalp, all the hair on end with what felt like static. But it felt kind of nice. Whereas that, that was just pure frozen solid with fear. And I I'm not one to freeze with fear. So that's what, again, every part of this was almost like it was a, My gut instinct about that at the time, I felt like I was being tested. You know, like, what? how are you going to react under these conditions or when you're the most petrified you can possibly be beyond anything you've ever felt? And how are you going to cope with it? Well, I got angry. I've realized, as I mentioned with 2010, with that door flying open, I got really mad. I flew off the handle with rage. It's like, how dare you? I just took it as an insult. I was insulted by, fine, if you're going to, whatever it is, whatever's happening, do your worst, fine. But I I get angry that I was frozen in that way because I didn't want to be. So, yeah, um, and uh, after that, we didn't notice any balls of light. We didn't notice anything, but then we didn't look up. That's the thing I wish I had. We were so fixated on what was happening right in front of us that, heavy footsteps that we didn't think to. Um, Yeah. But what happened is I can place the date on the next thing that happened. And it had been a good couple of months at least. um, Well, a good couple of months because my uh, little boy, uh, boy, who's seven years old now, he was in intensive care. He was pulled out premature, very premature, 10 weeks early, two and a half months early. Um, Mm. And so he went through a really tough time. Uh, It's five weeks in intensive care, and he was born the 17th of March 2015, which means that, you know, I know it was that first week he was out of hospital. Um, I've never bothered to pull out a calendar actually and look up. (laughs) But so that means we're talking what, um, end of April, beginning of May, Uh, basically roughly around that time frame. So it'd been a couple of months. Um, And what happened is my older son, my eldest son, who's 14, who was 14 at the time, he unexpectedly came to live with us and moved in. We took him in. And so I've gone over the back of the house to where I say it's all countryside and there's patches of woodland. There was a piece of woods that I'd gone in many, many times, many times for a walk and so on. Uh, I took him over there for somewhere to do as we had a talk, right? Catch up and stuff. And it was one o'clock in the afternoon, roughly. It was a big, bright, blue sky—one of those pale blue skies that you get when there's—it's quite cold, um, but there were no clouds, except this one cloud that I noticed at, at the end of this bit, right? It was cold. We're going to walk into the woods. And just as we reached the edge, the, the place, the spot where you can step into the woodline, right, that damn feeling that happened in the garden fell on us, fell on, I only thought it was me for a second, fell on me, silence, that claustrophobic feeling of being watched, that hair on the back of my neck stood up, the feeling of imminent danger, overwhelming, and I I just started darting my eyes into the woods thinking, what, What in there is causing this? And my son to my left, Corbin, he says, Dad, Dad, what is that? I'm like, oh, shit, excuse my French. He feels it too, right? And then at that moment, I get a feeling of something drilling, like staring into the back of my head. And I automatically look up because it's coming from up and behind me to my right, slightly to my right. So I automatically look up as if you could tangibly feel someone looking at you from, from behind, right? And I've turned around and looked, and in the, the big blue sky there, there was this one puffy white cloud. It looked kind of out of place, to be honest. And to the right of this cloud was a black, very, very black, from what I caught of it, because it only within one second of what I saw. It. it was stationary. As I've looked at it, it just went, boop, moved to its moved to my left behind the cloud and I caught the tail end of literally if you took a tube, if you took a tube there, it was literally looking at a a tube, jet black, jet, jet black, almost blacker than black, it was strangely black and it just darted very quick behind the cloud, but because of the distance of that cloud, it would have been massive. I've never tried to kind of contemplate how big, but that cloud was up high, and that thing was big, really, really big. But it darted like you'd move your hand fast that quick behind the cloud. So I'm I'm staring up at this cloud, right, waiting. And again, every damn time, your brain, your logical reasoning says, it's a fighter jet, it's a parachute, it's an airplane, it's a hot air balloon, it's, it's a kite, it's got to be, you just go through this list in an instant of, hold on, that's just, what was that? That's not, I'm waiting for something to come out the other side of the cloud. And as I'm keeping my eyeballs peeled on that cloud and freaked out, uh, I said to my son, did you just see that? And he says, yeah, you see it too. So what did you see? He said it was, in his words, I remember how he said it because he couldn't remember the word cylinder. And he said, "It it was like a can, can thing. Like, what do you call it? A cylinder. It was like, oh, shit. And it was at this point, I remember putting my hand on his shoulder to go, we've got to get out of here because it felt really like we were in danger. Because, Frank, where we were, you can't, no one knows you're there. It's like, it's a nice place to go. People will occasionally walk their dogs there, but you can be there for an hour and not see anyone. And it's just off the road, but that road leads to a tiny village with five houses. It's called Marum, Marum Road. Um... And so there's hedgerows that cover the road. There's not much traffic there, hardly any. So in other words, once you step through that hedgerow and walk down towards that wood line, that patch of woods, you're on your own like any nobody's going to see anything right now i I put it down to just the monotony monotonous normality of that walk home, but in over the years i've the the thing that stays with me is that imminent danger. And wanting to, we got to get out of here quick. We're in danger with my son. And what gets me is I don't remember coming home. I don't remember to walk home. He doesn't remember to walk home. Nothing. But I just think, well, brush it off because it was just we got out of there, and I just can't remember because nothing else happened. So that's it's just worth noting because I don't, mm. I don't know. It was just strange. The next thing that happened. This is where it all happened in short, quick fire. For the next two days, three days, four days a week, that that night was the first time in my life, Frank, I've had sleep paralysis. Um, and I, I'll just call it sleep paralysis. I mean, I was under a lot of a lot of crazy shit was happening, right? So, who knows? My brain was in meltdown. But I say that I fell asleep on the sofa in the living room by accident with the lights on, and um. I woke up, stereotypically how people describe it, I guess, as the first and last time it's ever happened to me. But I woke up there and I had the distinct feeling of more than one something next to me to my left um, and I couldn't move and I was scared out of my wits and I forced myself back to sleep. Um, It's just worth, again, worth noting that. um, The next day is when this damn shadow thing was right here. I don't know if you can see that doorway just behind me here. This Mm -hmm. doorway, halfway up the doorway, the four foot, size of my son now, who's seven, about just a four foot tall. Um, Right, so I'm in the house. I know it was the morning. It was a bright day again, but cold. Uh, My little baby boy is on the sofa asleep, and I'm on the. I've just sat on the ground on the ground with my phone. I think I was on my phone. I wasn't paying attention in the room, but he was asleep. And then he woke up, and again, you'll you'll get this being a parent. Um, he woke up with a cry that didn't seem right. It was mm. like a, a surprised cry, like not it didn't seem like pain. It sounded more like a bad dream that he had, kind of cry. So I've looked up at him, and stood up to go and pick him up and comfort him because he properly woke up from that whatever it was that he woke up for. And as I've I've picked him up, I've turned to my right and noticed movement in the corner of my right eye. And uh, I'd I'd like to show you, but it won't come across on a podcast. (laughs) It (laughs) literally looked like it was a semi-translucent, Four foot tall, big head, skinny arm, shadow shadow person, figure being whatever word you want to put to it. It shouldn't be possible, but it was right there. Made me jump out of my wits. Literally, I literally launched off. What the? F- this thing was like moving and its right arm was what freaked me out is just how... All of it. It was moving as if it was looking in at us with its right arm, sorry, dangling by its side. And as I've looked at it and jumped, holding my little baby boy, the thing has just glided fast, really fast, without popping up and down, straight across from that door, straight out the back door, which is opposite, and it was open. I didn't know what to make of it man I'd never I'd never heard again I'd never heard of any of this stuff happening to anyone in my life I thought I I was losing my mind here's stuff that's happening that I can't believe I can't believe this is happening so I'm going into the usual deny ignore it's not happening and I'm scared that I'm going to need to go and see somebody because I've lost my bloody mind but there it is right in front of me and I'd never heard of this stuff I didn't know anything about this stuff It's nuts right it's insane but it's happening so my son uh corbin the 14 year old from the day before over the woods he was so freaked out he'd only just moved in with us right it put us under immense strain we went through a really bad patch and we've never really healed from it because it moved in with us and immediately after that happening he stayed out at his friend's house yeah, He didn't want to come back to the house, but he'd, he'd come back the next day, sorry. And I was upstairs, and I hadn't spoken to him, right? Um, and he comes running up the stairs saying, Dad, 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 I was just doing my hair in the mirror in the living room. So we had a mirror in there at the time. He said, there was this shadow thing, like a person behind me, just moving, moving across the room and went out the back door. So an, a, another moment where it was a uh, oh shit man. So if it's me going mad, how is he saying the exact same thing? I hadn't spoke to him about it. And after that, I was I feel bad about it because I'd never. I, I honestly I'd gone into shutdown mode. Um, I thought what is going on? We've had what UFOs, whatever it is, and then now we've got like ghosts and what feels like demonic possession stuff. I didn't know what on earth was going on. Um, Frankly, my son started to have a poltergeist bothering him. He wouldn't, I wasn't in the house one day. He had his mate with him in his little bedroom at the top of the stairs uh, in the daytime. And he told me that I, he tried to talk to me about it and he was so scared and I was a dick because I didn't, I just brushed it off, man. Because I, I didn't see the poltergeist stuff myself personally, but I believe him 100%. There's no reason for him to make it up. He said that they were set, sat in his, on his bed, him and his mate, and the door was closed, bedroom doors closed right in front of them. The handle starts to shift up and down and then violently go up and down. And then the door opens all by itself and creeps open fully, fully open. Um, he said that as it was handled was shaking, he said, don't they? Cause they were freaked out. They thought it was me and I was trying to mess around with them. I wasn't even in the house. He said things like that were happening. Um, and he ended up not coming back to the house, too scared to come back to the house. Um, and it just led to a whole host of problems. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that period was really difficult say the least, to take. But interestingly, when that shadow thing, whatever you want to call it, was in was in the living room, it didn't have any negative connotations to it. Like I had no emotional, I didn't feel anything. I didn't even know it was there until my son woke up. But it also makes you wonder, how did, I mean, I'm assuming he woke up because he felt something, sensed something I didn't. Um, or it's just uh, coincidence that he woke up crying in such a manner And it was when I picked him up that the thing was right there in the doorway. Um, and why semi translucent?
0: Uh, it's just really, really weird, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So were there any other kind of like, um, various different balls that you you witnessed in the sky, the, the glowing balls and things like that after that with the, the shadow being type things,
1: yeah, I well not I never saw that shadow being thing again. Thank God. No, that was it. Was,
0: just just that little cluster of kind of events that happened and then after that no more shadow beans. Thankfully, no, I guess. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and the thing is there's never I've been told like oh you should get the house blessed or cleared or whatever. But there is no there is no negative stuff. There's none of that. In fact, there was actually but right, sorry to do this. I know it's not good for
0: No, it's alright.
1: Yeah. Didn't you hear a voice in the living room? Yeah. The, the, the li- little. Th- she swore it was like in her ear, in her, in her ear hole, as clear as day, and that it's where the wall is. And that was around that time frame. Like, little things like that which she'd mentioned, and I was like, oh, really? Interesting. But we'd have our, actually, we'd have our little baby boy would constantly look up in one corner, one corner of the room, and if you picked him up to move, walk around, you know, to go into the kitchen or whatever, no matter how you positioned him, he would just turn his head fixated up in the corner of the room. But I didn't feel anything. There, there, Those kinds of things, little things like that, which would kind of, it would bug you. Like, what's going on? you just, again, you just brush it off. Human beings, we just brush it off, deny it. You know, I'm really good at denial. Um but um so did yeah. you
0: continue? Did you continue to have kind of negative experiences and things like that, and and uh, and any kind of sightings of things from that time onwards, or was was that the end of the whole thing?
1: I had sightings after that, but nothing negative, thankfully. Nothing negative, and the thing is, uh, so what happened after that, Frank? Is um twenty seventeen? It had been a long time now, right? Uh, 17th of July, 2017. And I think I showed you the video. I think I shared it with you. Yeah. That's sem- what I was,
0: that's what I was wondering about. Yeah. So that, that, mm. that happened after all the, the shadow beings and everything like that, you, you continued to have the sightings of light spheres.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So it was, uh, it was one day at work. So I took up this new job just for a time, um, construction and I'd gone to the Peterborough power station. Uh, There was some drilling going on there, right? And I've parked this truck and it was a super, super hot day. I mean, really scorching hot. One of those unbearably hot days. So I've got the aircon on, bright light in the cab and I'm waiting to be shifted on to get out and get busy. So I, I only had a few minutes I knew before I was having to get to work. So as I'm sitting there on my phone, and you know when it's so bright, you're really struggling to see your phone screen, even with maximum brightness. So I'm sitting there, getting peed off about the brightness and um i just happened to look up and i noticed over the trees there was like a, a row of trees ahead maybe 50 meters ahead quite a distance and i noticed this tiny tiny black dot approaching dead center uh maybe 10 20 feet above the tree line coming straight towards where i was and uh, again you say, um, drone must be a drone must be a balloon, but you, you know, there is a breeze to the right, I don't know what direction, uh, it's probably to the East. And this thing is coming straight towards me. And so I keep looking at it, keep thinking, why is there a black circular object that's not moving with the wind or anything coming closer and closer and closer. And so I start to film it. I think now this time I've got you, I'm going to film you. And, uh, And I'm struggling like hell to see my phone screen because of the brightness. And I've got dead flies on the windscreen. So it kept auto-focusing on the wrong damn thing. And I'm looking. You can see that it is actually, you know, as described. Um, And the thing kind of raises up and moves left to my left. Raises up a bit higher, moves left. Just moving around. But it's just a dark metallic sphere um size wise oh man maybe maybe oh god that's a really tough thought to think how big would i guess to make that thing to be maybe four uh maybe four to four five six feet diameter six foot would be a maximum probably more like four or five feet diameter right but it just looks like a dark metallic sphere it's reflecting the sun um and so at this point, I've been called, I have to get to work, you know, so I've got out the truck, I've moved the truck, got out the truck, looking up at this thing, and it's now moved much higher up. So because of the people I'm working there with, uh, I just didn't want to raise their attention to it because they would have probably just thought I was nuts, even if it's in front of them, some people will just go, just dismiss it. So I, I literally just started filming secretly while I could, because I had a hands-on job to do, and I filmed two more clips. The thing was around silently, although there was a lot of noise with this drill going, which stopped and started a couple of times during that 20 minutes. It was there for 20 minutes all in all um, before it moved off over the trees. And I so wanted to go after it, but I couldn't. I'm I'm on a secure area. You have to go through security. You can't get out. I can't follow it. Over there is just flatlands and uh, Fenland, lots of dikes and ditches. And it's... I would love to have gone after it, but at least I caught it on tape on, on video this time. And then fast forward from there, just to get it all cleared up. Um, I don't know time frame on this one. I think it was uh, a while later. It must've been getting towards the end of 2017 because it was dark quite early, not in the middle of summer because I know it was nighttime and I'm driving down the A47 back to base. Um, And I'm on this stretch of the A47 where there's absolutely no streetlights. It's dark. It's a 70-mile-an-hour road. I'm at 56 miles an hour. And I can't pull over because there's no place to pull over. And it's a grass verge. The truck would tip over if I tried to pull onto the grass out of the way. So I'm, I'm driving along right on cruise control. And to my right, I see at a great distance, and this was very far away, it's flat fields, for miles near Thorny from Thorny heading back towards Peterborough and the a and I see I see what I think is a, a light airplane crashing it's orange lights that I as I look over I see them swooping from high above it comes straight down vertically towards the ground and they swooped up and it looks as if I thought there was a plane crashing right so I keep I'm Keep my eye on the road, but I keep looking over to the right constantly, going, "What? The? I thought, what is that?" And they're heading towards my location, even though I'm moving. And I, I'm watching them, thinking, "This is nuts. It must—it's got to be a plane. It's got to be Chinese lanterns. Anything, other than another yet another bizarre incident." And this thing's coming closer and closer, and I can tell it's intercepting my my position perfectly, which in itself is odd. And as they get close enough, I can see that there's no solid object between them, and they're moving rapidly because they've covered an awful lot of ground in such a short space of time. Uh, and so this is out all at once. I'm looking at my phone now, thinking it's one—it's one of those damn things again. Should I grab my phone? And I think I can't, as you know, you can't pick your play with your phone while you're driving a truck on a seventy-mile-an-hour road. I'm going to kill someone or myself. But I'm also thinking I've got to get this on film. I've got to get this. Anyway, these, these are three balls of orange amber light horizontally next to each other, evenly spaced. You can see there's no solid, no, nothing solid in between them. And they do exactly as I thought they were doing. They perfectly intercepted my position and they went so close, right over the cab of the truck, right over my head, so close. Maybe five or six feet above me. If I'd have stood on the roof of the cab of that truck, I would have touched them. Ultra silent, the size of beach balls. But again, Frank, that doesn't even make sense because they were at such a distance away from me when I first noticed them. If they were truly the size of beach balls at that distance, I wouldn't have hardly, I wouldn't have even seen them. They would have looked like specks of light. So none of it makes any damn sense. But like how can they be, smaller when they get to me than they appeared to be at a distance. That doesn't... None of mm. it makes damn sense. Um, and that was the last time. There was no emotion. I didn't feel any static. Um, unfortunately, again, I didn't get the video. Uh, it, it all, from beginning to end, probably... Probably a minute and a half, 60 seconds, two minutes tops. Very quick as they just went over the truck. I watched them right so close I could have touched them if I was on top of that truck and then they went over the hedge line towards Thorny and that's that was it for five years five years nothing nothing happened and in that five years um, I went through a lot of troubles over everything you know Uh, I went from uh, just every kind of emotion you could imagine sleepless nights lots and it still to this day affects me and I I don't want that to sound negative because the thing that's affected me the most uh, (laughs) apart from all of it is how it's just so disruptive to it kind of of turns your whole thought processes and everything is up on its head upside down no I still don't know what to make of it man um,
0: so, did have you had any any very recent sightings, or does this thing seem to have kind of tailed off recently?
1: Yeah, there's been, there were, there has been, um, but very, very different in terms of. So, I've had a ball of white light, higher, and it, it's. Um, I put it this way, it's almost like being a, a parachute adrenaline junkie extreme sports adrenaline junkie that everything they put us through for those three years, three and a half years left me. Once you get over the shock of it all, which took me five years and I've been through a lot, even recently where I feel like I've come out the other side of it. Now, um, it's left me desperate for answers, but also wanting more, more interaction, Mm. almost for closure, I guess, in some way that I know will never happen. But uh, it's not the same. What's happened recently has been a, like the lights, the two balls of white light twice now when I've gone to the kitchen window here and just looked up <laughs> and there's a maybe a hundred feet up again and just drifting drifting along and almost stopped and then drifted off. Uh, I managed to get a clip of it on camera, but it's not impressive. Uh, it's now, thanks to Ash, um, I'm checking everything anyway just because I don't want to be a fool myself to myself and you know I check the ISS going over so I know the degrees the height the direction of travel the time it's coming over I know there's I know what satellites look like I've watched the Starlink SpaceX Starlink I've seen those satellite trains going up one morning beautiful to watch Um, I know that Venus and everything else Venus can be incredibly bright you know I, I know all this stuff um I want to be certain myself of what I'm seeing. But it's uh, it's different, right? It's not emotionally, it's not close. It's not interacting with me, seemingly. There's nothing major. But so I, I go to the window um, back in March and I look up and there's this ball just sitting there. And I'm like, oh, instantly, oh, you're, you're not a satellite. You're, you're just a ball of white light. So I ran back for my phone and fumbled around and managed to get it as it started to move and slow, and then move away, and just meandered away. Um, And I was like, oh, wow, wow, okay, maybe they are still around. Um, Oh, yeah, uh, sorry, dude, I forgot. There are two two things I have to mention. There was a guy in 2018 that my daughter um, contacted me, my older daughter, and she said to me, Dad, you need to see this. There's a guy on the local Facebook group that has, uh, taking a picture of the balls of light that we saw. And so I am, I didn't use Facebook. Uh, I've got a page. I never use it. But I said to her, can you contact him? Give him my number. And don't say anything because he'll think he'll think I'm a nut. So just say, ask him to contact me, please, about this. And he posted an, a photo. He managed to get a photo of it for him. He said in his note um, in the group, he said, has anybody got a reasonable explanation as to what these things were? Um, I watched two of them dancing around a third one joined in above me while he was walking his dog at midnight Bretton Park by the way very close to our house uh, and he said then they both they shot straight up or shot, shot straight I'm pretty sure he said they shot straight up um, obviously not drones he said or anything like that His name's Martin Fitzgerald I've tried to find him tried to contact him he hasn't contacted me that was 2018 so the balls of white light have been seen here And then I eventually, back in, what, 2020, end of 2020, 2021, I contacted MUFON because I was losing my mind about it all. To be honest, it took years, and I was going through some really bad spots. Um, And I contacted MUFON. I had Jack Turnbull, who was the head of MUFON for the UK, contact me. Um, And what what he did is ended up putting me on to looking into it as well a bit back then. And I found that somebody had recorded on their car dash cam Again, at the end of Breton Way, he'd recorded uh, these two pairs of so two pairs of balls of light side by side. So four of them all together, right? And they were heading over the A47 at the top of Breton Way, and it's two miles from our back door along the same road. Um, and he'd caught those crossing over the road over the hospital. So I just wanted to mention that there are other people that have caught the balls of light on camera, on video um in the same location. So it's whether it's just a hot spot that they're always here for whatever reason, or is it that we people that live here um are looking up more and there's not much there's not much there's no skyscrapers, there's no tall buildings. So it's easier to see. It could be a explanation for that. But there's definitely something going on mate.
0: Yeah, no Peterborough it sounds like a, a fascinating area and I have through sort of the things that I've stumbled upon in, in that area, and now even more so after speaking to yourself, I have thought to myself, one day I would love to be able to actually make a documentary about all of this and, uh, you yeah. know, actually speak to some of the people and, and go to the place itself. Um, yeah. But one thing that, that may be worth thinking about, and I keep meaning to mention this to Nick as well as we spoke about earlier is, um, uh, have you come across the uh, the experiencer group at all?
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's, did, um,
0: there, there's mm-hmm. a, a group you know put together for basically a bit of a community for pe- people who have experienced uh, anomalous phenomena and sort of like to you know discuss, share experiences and things like that. I just thought it might be of, of, mm. of help to you, you know, if if you're not already aware of it. That's
1: the thing, frankly, I I really, 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 really needed help, um, and I. This is something I can't say enough: is t- don't underestimate. Um, the shock of it can last a lifetime. I, I mean, it's no, I'm never gonna see things the same again. I cannot walk out of any building without looking up. I'm constantly looking up. Um, I, it changes you in a way that's profound. It really is. And I needed help, and I had nowhere to turn professionally because I didn't. I didn't want to see my doctor. I didn't want them to put down in my medical notes that I was. I'd lost my mind. I didn't want to be laughed at, ridiculed, disbelieved because um, it was unbelievable for myself. As I say, that's the biggest problem is when it happened, these sorts of things happen. It's unbelievable to the person it's happened to, which is what puts you in shock, which is what messes your head up is that you can't believe it. And yet it happened. It was real. Um, And so I did, I did eventually join the group on the trial run and I I spoke to Christopher. He's a great guy. And uh, they are really, really good. What I did initially is I sought to try to help myself by talking about it. I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the first time I tried to put it on paper. And that really helped to get it all out of me on paper. And then I decided to record audio of me talking it through in order to help not just myself, but other people. Because I feel for anyone that might have gone through it too. Um, And so I just uploaded the me kind of talking through it on YouTube, two videos, three videos. Um, and then I, I thought I'd get it out there. So I finally contacted move on. Uh, I contacted before I need to put this across before never contacted me back. I contacted recently beams and they never contacted me back, but they did upload my videos to YouTube, which is interesting. Uh, nice of them. Um, And I contacted the MOD, uh, trying to phone through to the radar room. Three days, I rang several times over three days that the MOD operator, nobody ever answered at the control tower, the radar room. Um, I wrote an email to the MOD Low Flying Complaints Commission because Ash advised that they have to respond. You know, it's, it's a matter of course they have to. And I gave them the dates and times to the minute of the power station object, And I never said, I never mentioned Aliens UAP. I just said I have some um, dates, times of some incidents where there was uh, some objects um, that were of concern. And they gave me the whitewash response of the MOD does not waste time basically investigating UAP and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, wow, I never mentioned UAP. I never mentioned that stuff. They won't even look into it. And I'm giving mm-hmm. them dates, times to the minute and they don't care or they refuse to look at it. So it was Mufon that helped me. And then I discovered one night on a Twitter space with Danny Silver, um, I joined in just to talk because I was interested in listening to them. They asked me about what happened. And uh, I've got to say, I've gone through this journey in the last year or so where I've talked about it so much. I'm happy to say that I've discovered that, my God, it's true. If you talk about it, you get to the point where the emotional response is almost is minimal now like almost none i get the tingle still occasionally thinking about it but i don't have a breakdown emotionally every time i talk about it i used mm-hmm. to have, i was teary eyed i'd get so messed up trying to talk about it whereas now i don't so i'd advise anybody to to talk about it write it down i contacted uap media because I just I got I went through this phase where I just wanted to get it out there. I wanted to get it out there. Um, and Dave, Dave Partridge, I think it is, he's mm-hmm. been great. Um, he's been lovely. There's been so many good people, yourself included, and DJ and Debs and all of the calling all beings he asked me to go on and talk to him. And I've met a couple of other people worth speaking to that have had these experiences too that thoroughly believe them 100%. And they're struggling, man. But who do you turn to? So you're kind of on your own, but Twitter has been pivotal to me feeling better and relieved and hopefully it helps people. Hopefully it helps.
0: Well, I, th- I think that's a, a a great moment to to draw to a close. But hopefully, it's been of some help uh, to you to, to you know to go through it, and, I, and I'm sure the listeners are going to find it absolutely fascinating. And I know there'll be other people listening who may have been been through similar experiences as well. So, just yeah, a real big thank you to you. It's a, it's a fascinating you know sequence of events, and thanks very much for for sharing it in so much detail. I know it must be quite hard to talk about in in some respects
1: it's like i say, i do appreciate it thank you frank um i do feel better now so it's it's become easy and it's because of what you've done here as well every time i talk about it i feel uh, more weight lifted off me uh sharing is good and i again thank you very much thank you it's been a pleasure
0: no problem at all thank you very much
1: hopefully we can talk again even if it's about even if it's about music or something else <laughs> yeah
0: man no no question we'll definitely keep in touch
1: Yeah, cool.
0: Excellent. UFO 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 People Podcast.